0: Hey, hey, hey! Welcome to the Strong and Capable Podcast. I'm your host, Brigitte Heller. And in this show, we live awake to the world around us so that we can transform our lives and step fearlessly into our divine destiny. Remember, friend, you are strong and capable. Hello, hello, welcome to this episode of the Strong and Keepable podcast. I am your host, Bridget Heller, and I have Miss Kelly on with me. Kelly, you wanna say hey? Hello. hello. Kelly and I have just had a little emotional talk. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows there's like chats before and after and whatnot. And I'm just gonna start right out the gate and hopefully not start bawling. <laughs> but we are ded- dedicating this podcast to my sister Aubrey and her little guy Ever. And Kelly, maybe you just start us off by telling why. I mean, my audience knows about Aubrey, my sister Aubrey, and how she has inspired the strong and capable, and how literally I had this beautiful experience with her. But would you share your story?
1: Absolutely. So let me give you a little background first. So I have been a foster parent for special needs kids for 28 years. And in 2013, I received a phone call just as you typically do to take in a child. And the child was a year old and only 10 pounds. So he was diagnosed failure to thrive. There was a great emphasis on his feeding and getting his weight up. So he was in the hospital, had had a a G-tube or a feeding tube placed. And so when I picked him up, it was a week after his first birthday. And, And he was very, very little, but immediately As soon as he opened his eyes, I could tell, um, I asked the nurse and said, oh, he has a visual impairment. I can tell he has a visual impairment. She says, yeah, he's blind. And anyway, that just started the journey of figuring out that this child had complex medical needs and so was able to bring him home and or that he was really struggling to breathe. In fact, his airway was collapsing. And that was Really difficult to watch, you know, a child struggling for air. Um, so just getting to know him, him getting to familiar with our family, you know, we would go to different doctors, and I'd advocate for him to get, you know, the things that he needed, which is fairly common when you take in a special needs child who hasn't been taken care of the way all his needs met, you know. So he had been uh, neglected; his medical needs had been neglected. In fact, I don't believe Biomom knew that he was a special needs child. Um, So getting, you know, all of the doctors, the specialists in place to be able to take care of him. And uh, he had a a lot of needs. So he was eventually a couple of months after I had him, a trach was placed, which is a, you know, a breathing tube. So he had a breathing tube. He had a feeding tube. He was not going to be a walking, talking child. He was visually impaired. He did have light perception, but that was it. And so, and no voluntary movement. So he pretty much was like this sweet little infant. Um, And just, you know, I think there's something when you go through a lot of those experiences, the surgeries, all the physicians that you, that you have to go see and that you're advocating for this child, there's this bond that you have with this child that is just incredible. So um, he had had to endure quite a bit with that was in a wheelchair and, and, you know, of course having different surgeries, different illnesses, hospital stays. There were times where I felt like I had a, a frequent flyer card at the Phoenix Children's Hospital, you know, right. I knew my way around that hospital or when you realize that like the nursing staff recognizes you, <laughs> but just love this sweet little boy. It was just a great addition to our family. And in 2018, he had uh, gotten pneumonia and they taken him to a physician. They put him on meds. However, this was a, a viral infection. The meds were not helping him. And so he passed and this was completely unexpected. He had had pneumonia before. It's not uncommon for kids to, you know, with a trach to get respiratory infections and this rocked my world, this 28 years of taking kids in so that I can make their lives better and, and work on addressing their needs. And I wasn't prepared at all to lose one. And it was devastating. And so that I found myself in a really dark, dark place. That was very uncomfortable for me. I was, um, I was really struggling and just trying everything that I could do to just make it day by day. Um, you know, I have a large family, we have 11 children. And so, a mom not functioning is difficult. It's very, very difficult. And I, I run a pretty good pace. And so to just be able, or just to halt and not have that, all the things happening that need to happen for a family was hard, was hard for me. And so fast forward about six months of me being in this rut, or really it was, I would say it was a depression. I was very depressed. His birthday rolled around and he would have been sick. So he passed when he was five and a half and he would have been six years old. We decided as a family that we would uh, gather toys for Ever's friends. And so Ever went to the Foundation for Blind Children Preschool and they needed not just your typical toys. They needed light up toys and these toys that I was very familiar with. So I created Amazon wish lists of things that people could do to sponsor a toy. And then we were going to take them. So ever's friends could have these toys and little did I know how impactful that would be for my healing process of being able to come out of that hard, dark place that I was in. Like it was so therapeutic and and just felt so good to be able to do for others and to be able to provide this. And I was hooked and started feeling better again. It certainly was a journey. I wasn't Mm -hmm. 100% myself, but it was, I could see the improvement. And so I was hooked. So in 2019, I started gathering friends and family, anyone that would accept my invitation to come <laughs> to events at my house and do these service, call them humanitarian luncheons. And we focused on different projects each time. And so we would do a project for refugees one month. And then the next time we met, maybe work on something for foster children. And that it, I was hooked.
0: I was absolutely hooked at that point. You've done so many good things since. And before the interview, I keep bringing this up, but we had a great conversation, so it's fine. Um, <laughs> you know, Kelly asked, well, what is our focus? And we've spent so many seasons in The Strong and Capable talking about emotional resilience. And my story is so similar to yours as in, it was my sister, right? That had these intense needs. And I sat there with her through the surgeries and then the hospitals and the and she actually also passed away of pneumonia unexpectedly.
1: Oh. Well, um,
0: you know, so we found out on Christmas day, it was the first Christmas she hadn't spent with our family just because logistics taking care of her was so hard. And so uh, here we are at family dinner on Christmas and we get a call that she has pneumonia and they're taking her to the hospital, Um, and that you know, started her decline and eventually her loss. And it was like you said, darkest, darkest days. Also a mom here could not function. And I have a son on the spectrum and remember he would, cause he just didn't understand and he was trying to process all of it. And so he would say, so mom, do you think our eyes are decomposing now? He would say oh, these no. horrible things uh-huh. that as you're like mourning in your deepest moments, you never want oh, to think oh, about or contemplate yeah. and here, and it was just him trying to process and I knew it, but I was also trying to process. And so, like you said that under that, role of being a mother and having an intense loss after giving so much is a lot. And what I am finding is there is not anyone in this world who hasn't been through something or won't go through something, this loss, this, this darkness, this place that you go to after giving so much to someone at some point, we all experience it. We do. And what we do with these moments, I think really is our hero story. It's really the the thing that defines who we are. And you chose, you chose to say, what can I do? How can I honor ever? And this is, this is your hero story. And this is what I want the audience to understand and why I asked you on here is, we are all the heroes of our own life. And it does not have to be on a huge stage. It does not have to be the song that went, famous and now you're a millionaire. It does not have to be the things that actually impact the world, that actually make us build and create community and help us to feel hope and love again are the things that honor those we love and honor ourselves and who we really are. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, so I wear this
1: necklace and this is the only necklace, I don't know if you can see it, the only necklace that I wear, but I ordered this right after like right after the funeral, you know, you have the funeral and you're, you're carried through the funeral process. Everyone reaches out to you and then the funeral's over and you're kind of just left to be for a bit. And I came home from the funeral and just thought, I don't even know how to behave. I don't know what to do. What do you do? What does a mom do when you've just lost your son? You know, do I start a load of laundry? Do I like, I don't know how to function here. And I went on the computer and I ordered this necklace and it says ever grateful because I'm going to cry a little, as hard as that was, I would do it all over again. I am so grateful that I got to be his mom for the short amount of time that I did. I'm grateful that I, that I got to, to have him. And even as hard as it was to lose him, I would do it all over again. And so I am a a changed person because of it, but I think that's the point. That is the point of us loving others and, you know, caring for others is, yes, there is loss is, is a part of it. And, and I still would do it all over again. Mm
0: -hmm. So that intense loss is actually evidence of the love because you can't feel the loss without the deep love that was absolutely, there
1: absolutely yes. when we
0: feel lost it it's really showing our capacity to give and to be and to really love people and that's how we change the world is by loving each other absolutely i completely agree so cultivate goodness this yes. is how this is where this ended up this is where this journey has led you tell yes. us about cultivate goodness So I
1: did those humanitarian luncheons, enticed everyone to come. I would try to have good food and come and have them enjoy some friendships as we served together. And by the end of that year in 2019, just decided there's something to it. You know, most people are wanting to do good. They want to get involved. But the consensus when we asked was no one knows where to go or how, or has the bandwidth to put together a big project, but they could put their piece in, they could show up was we had people that said, oh, I can't come, but I'd like to contribute money or I have nothing to give, but could I come and just help assemble or, and be manpower and everything was needed. You know, we needed all of it. And so we just say, you know, put in your piece. And it all adds up to be a mountain of good. So, Cultivate Goodness was founded late 2019. We are a nonprofit organization, and our focus is on all local needs in our community. So, we have a wide variety of opportunities to serve, but our intention is to make it easy for people to get involved and to serve others. And so our website is full of opportunities that you can get involved with from taking a meal to a domestic violence shelter. We go quarterly to a men's homeless shelter and serve dinner to them. We have a homeless outreach program where you can provide supplies for the homeless. We have a warehouse in Phoenix where we provide for foster children and low-income families. And so we're always in need of things for that. But we also focus on our our seniors. And so it's those that are in assisted living homes. And I just feel like our seniors tend to be forgotten. And especially during COVID, when the world was so shut down, these people were isolated to begin with, and then they were shut down and not even family could come inside. And so you have this population of people that couldn't even use the technology. They don't know how to FaceTime or, or those things that we were able to benefit and bless our lives. And so we would take them holiday decorations and treats. And while that doesn't seem like it's life-changing when your scenery is the same day in and day out. And someone knocks on the door from some random person from the community and says, Hey, the community is providing this for you. We are aware of you. We see you. Mm -hmm. That was huge. And it was, it was impactful and and meaningful to these people. So we provide for cancer patients and all all sorts. So we just a wide variety and really it's just community trying to bring a community together to fulfill the needs within the community.
0: Yeah. To be seen and to be cared for that. That is really what you're doing. And, you know, I do a lot of leadership trainings and a lot of working with leaders and communication and working. I shine best when it's like the world's falling apart or they have an employee in full meltdown. I'm like, what do I do? I'm like, ah, da, 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 I'm here yeah. for you. But one of the things that I'm always, always, always talking with leaders about is people want to be seen and they want to feel needed. These yes. are the two things, everyone, absolutely, not as a conglomerate, not as an employee, not as a retired person. They want to be seen as a beautiful, the beautiful human they are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And yeah. so what you're doing really is that you are seeing people and loving them on the level that they really need.
1: Well, thank you. And I think that comes too from my experience of having special needs kids. You know, when you have a special needs kid you know, and I've had several over the years, they look different. They don't, they don't mind, didn't walk or talk. They were fed differently. They breathe differently. Like there's so many differences about them. And to see sometimes, you know, you get those looks when you're out in the community you know, of people or children that are afraid or scared of these kids, or they just don't understand. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like I get to take these kids in and say, it's okay. I got you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to just stick with you. And I think if we could just break down those barriers and get over our fear of, you know, someone being different Because quite frankly, we're all different. Mm -hmm. There's not any of us that are the same. Um, And just open yourself up to loving these people and differences.
0: Yes, yes. That reminds me of a primary song we used to always sing. It go. I'm gonna sing, guys. So just a warning, because if you don't walk as most people do, some people talk and laugh at you. But I won't. I won't. Do you know the song? Yes. And then I'll walk with you. I'll talk with you. That's how I'll show my love for you that song was like my, my sisters and I, that was our mantra because our sister did not look or act like anyone else. And you know, you go anywhere. My mom had seven kids and a disabled child. So I know, you know, this Kelly, cause you just said yeah. you have 11 kids. You get stared at. I mean, there is some good public speculation on what's happening here. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I completely agree. <laughs> and so it became our understanding that To be different was good. And we got to be the people who walked with someone and talked with them. We got to be part of that. And it was an honor to walk beside our sister. It was an honor to walk beside this person who nobody, you know, not nobody, but a lot of people didn't see or understand. Yes. And so again, what you're doing is choosing to honor that there's that saying the light in me honors the light in you. Mm -hmm. This is what it is on a very daily human level. Yes. I love that. So we taught you, you brought up the word fear. That's our word this season. How have you, has there been any fear involved in this process for you? Yeah, there has.
1: I'm a, I'm an introverted person, so I am good. Are you one as well? <laughs> okay, totally yeah. so, so I feel like I'm the one, like if I'm going to come good with listening to someone speak put me in the kitchen i'll work hard i'll do whatever you want to do but don't put me out in front you know and so this when i when i founded cultivate goodness i had no idea that i would be the face of cultivate goodness and that that i would have to record videos of myself and i would have to have lots of pictures taken and it would be a lot i never wanted it to be about me i wanted it to show the good that's out there in the community or, or opportunities that are out there in the community and i was very wrong and that was and still somewhat is uncomfortable for me because i i don't want this to be about me i want this about to be about the good that we can all do together in the community but um but I do, I put myself out there and that is, that's not my, my first choice
0: of what I would like to do. I totally get that strong and capable is the same way. And I started getting my nails done probably a year ago. I was like, cause I'm on camera a lot and it's awkward when they're chewed <laughs> down because of my anxiety, <laughs> but you do have to become in order to serve and love, you have to allow yourself to become something a little different than you were.
1: Yes, I agree. And it's while it's hard, it's good for me. Mm-hmm. I, I do know that. I recognize that it is good for me. Um, I think the very first video I recorded, I text a few friends and I said, okay, I just recorded a video. I will be underneath my bed for the next hour, you know. <laughs> just I was like, oh, I had such anxiety about it. I can do it better now, but it's good. It's good growth. And the end result that I'm looking for is to be able to get the, the help for people in need. And so to me, it's, it's worth it. Hmm.
0: I I agree. Any, any time that you look at this fear and think, like you said, is this going to be worth it? What, what is this going to accomplish? This moment that I'm taking there, yes, I'm feeling this feeling and it's wanting me to hide under the bed before I even hit record. <laughs> <laughs> like, What will it equal? And it, yes. if, it's, if it's got a purpose, if it's going to evolve yourself, if it's going to serve a community, if it, then it's worth it. And you will be better. And it does get more comfortable. Whatever that fear is, it gets more comfortable. The first time I recorded a podcast, I remember like... All day long, stressing out, like you know, hyperventilating, overthinking it, writing questions, erasing questions, writing questions. And this wasn't even my own podcast. I was interviewing for someone else's. My yeah. husband's calling me and telling me, you got this, be brave. You know, now today I text out the family, be quiet, guys. I got it. It's <laughs> not a big deal. But then it was huge and it's become the biggest blessing in our family's life. It really has. So I think anytime. You take that fear and there's a a heart of service because that's what this was for us. You're going to grow and you're going to grow in ways that are just going to be phenomenal for you and your family. And then of course the community you're wanting to serve. Yes,
1: absolutely.
0: So one of the things that I love about Cultivate Goodness is like you said, you guys make it easy. And I think this is what I want people to know is there are organizations in every community That want and need help, but one of the things like our I work with the youth in our church, and we did one of your projects. It's actually one of the things where I was like, I should reach out to them. It'd be fun to talk about. We're fearless. We're talking about community service because we just did. It was so easy. We made these little kits. I think they were going to foster care kids or kids in the hospital, but they were. They were basically disassembled paper popsicles. There were like pom-poms in there and popsicles. Yeah. And so they could go to the kids and the kids had a little, they could glue them together and make this cute little craft, but it was easy for my girls to do, which are like 12 and 13 year olds. And it was, they knew they were serving someone else too. And it, it was all from you guys. It was so easy to give love. Yes. And
1: I do, yes, we still have a few of those. And so those went to kids that, um, come to our warehouse. So we'll have people, the parents will come and they've got to sign in and fill out the paperwork and then they receive, um, food hygiene, um, you know, and things like that. So, uh, the kids have nothing to do. So we say, come on over here and we can provide, we have this whole big spread for them of things that the community has provided for, you know, so craft kits and, and little treat bags and, and just things that just make their life so much better. And I feel like with a lot of that kind of stuff, like sometimes for us, maybe we get in a little bit of our bubble, like stuff like that is, is simple. And your kids might have access to a lot of those, or you might have one of those like extra outgoing parents where at school, where they provide this amazing craft or an amazing birthday party, but the families that we serve don't have access to that kind of stuff. And so it provides these things, these simple, easy things, and the kids just love it. So thank you for doing that. That's wonderful.
0: (laughs) No, no, it was was fun. It was an easy night. I think it took us half an hour to do like hundreds of them. They did so many of them. And then the girls sat and talked and chatted and bonded similar to your lunches that you did where they just, yes. they felt good. They knew they were helping, but they also were bonding together and keeping their hands busy. And it was a beautiful night. So I love it. I, I did it. And it's, so it's full circle, right? And I have this quote over here and I just keep thinking about it. It's from Leonardo da Vinci. And he says, it has long since come to my attention that people of accomplishment rarely sat back and let things happen to them. They went out and happened to things. And you just think that's such a beautiful example of what you've done. You went out and happened. Thank you went out and happened. You. Thank, you. Thank you, I appreciate that. So as we wrap up this episode, it's just, I was thinking about, oh my gosh, I'm getting emotional. I was thinking about Ever and Aubrey. <laughs> and I was thinking about what would they want? You know, what would they want? What would they think of this moment here that we've dedicated to them. And um, I know for Aubrey, she just wanted light in the world. She was funny and happy and she was so limited and yet she made everyone laugh. It was, she would want us to love each other and to spread light. Absolutely.
1: And I think uh, the same forever so many lessons that I am able to reflect back on, you know, during his life and of course the loss of him. Um, but certainly trying to reach out to others that maybe are not as well seen Mm -hmm. and that sticks with me. You know, he was one that was, he wasn't understood by those that were surrounding him prior to my care. Um, you know and able to get the help that he needed and to just recognize and see him for who he was
0: the the beautiful human and soul that he was beautiful yes. yeah so thank you kelly so so much for coming on and sharing your story how can people connect with you how can they support cultivate goodness So we're on social media. You can follow us on
1: Instagram. Um, it's cultivate. I think it's underscore goodness. Uh, you'll find us, you'll see our logo and, uh, Facebook. We also have a website cultivate-goodness.org. Uh, we do a monthly email that just kind of makes you aware of what we're doing and, um, come on, connect with us. We're coming up on holidays and we're going to have a lot of good opportunities that we're, we would love help with.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Okay, guys, go support her already hearing what she's doing. So go support her. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. So I love connecting with you come find me on instagram at brujette.heller b-r-i-g-e-t-t-e dot h-e-l-l-e-r and of course the website www.thestrongandcapable.com now if you're ready to take your business and your life to the next level you can hire me as your coach join me in the queen's circle which meets monthly or invite me to speak at your events and please don't forget friend you are strong and capable